This podcast is brought to you by the Deluxe Edition Network. To find more great shows on our network, head over to the den.show. Hold on, stop. Welcome back to the shit show 2.0. Okay, boomer. Damn millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flirters who who are obviously mentally ill. You want to be my wife? Oh, this is gonna go downhill real quick. <laughs> is going on and welcome to take on a world with johnny and mike d uh the last couple we've done uh my son nathan done with did with me took took the number two chair <clears throat> it's been a while for me johnny's back in a number two chair um they got locked up we have been all around the world in iii <laughs> uh, from we, london to the bay <laughs> so we took a trip down to florida Florida. Florida. That's how, you, that's how the, um, you ever watch, uh, was it the Cold Case Files? Yes. And uh, the guy's voice is like really soothing. So I like to listen to it when I go to sleep. <laughs> but he's always like a, some fucked up story. So then I end up having a weird dream. But uh, that's how he pronounces Florida. Florida. Florida, man. Meanwhile, Jane snuck down to Florida. So we drove. Oh, we drove. We drove a car down to Florida, stopped at the... What kind of car did we drive? We drove a Camaro. <laughs> Fuck, I can imagine two fat fuckers in a Camaro. And it was comfortable. It was like the Batmobile. And that motherfucker got good gas mileage. <clears throat> yes, it did. But I think better than the, the car we brought I home. I think it did, too. Um, of course, we were coming uphill on the way home. <laughs> I think it was all... Uh, down to Florida is all... Well, that's why they say down to Florida. It's all downhill. Um, we are coming out of the mountains of Pennsylvania here, too. We stopped... <laughs> <laughs> we stopped the south of the border because uh, that was the, <laughs> it was so cool. That was my childhood thing to do. It was all lit up, we and we got Poncho's there. balls. Yep, we drove right under Poncho's balls. <laughs> uh, Is that his name, Poncho? Yeah, Pedro, yeah. Pedro, Pedro, Pedro. Yeah, Pedro Poncho. Yeah. <laughs> one ten, one twenty. I just gotta say that thing is like, if you're woke, you wouldn't like that place. No. <laughs> So don't take 95 uh, on the border of North Carolina and South Carolina. Go around it. Hey, I, I'm confused as is. Is it open? Like, what do you do while you're there when it, when it, during the day? We stopped at night just to sleep. What's well, just like a gift shop? and? But is it open? I mean, we, you said it was closed. Well, it was closed for a while. I don't know what's going on with it. Uh, we used to see signs for like 100 miles before you got there. And on the way, we didn't see but one or two signs. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. And then all the, like, half the lights were broken out and shit. But it's still, all the neon looked cool coming up, though. It did, yeah. yeah. It definitely was not what I was expecting. I thought the south of the border was literally, like, just the gift shop. I didn't know it was, like, multiple. Right. Oh, yeah. And a casino. And a restaurant. And, and a re hotel. Many, many other restaurants. Uh, the, the reptile house. The reptile house, but it seems like a, a, a truck, a big truck stop. Yeah, it's touristy. Yeah, it oh, is. No doubt, it is what it is. Uh, so we went to the Kissimmee area, which it was nice, but I I didn't care for like the hustle and bustle. Everything was just like you go ten miles, and you're in traffic for thirty minutes. 
Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't like that. That's just too that's, many people. <clears throat> well, you're going to get in the Orlando area. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, you're like right outside of Orlando. It's pretty much Orlando. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they, they did do a good job of keeping it moving. Like there was traffic, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't like the traffic. And then, um, they, they, God, there's no shortage of stores down there. No. Uh, so we, and, we spent two days there, day and a half. Yeah, uh, yeah, I say two days. Okay, two days. And um, let me tell you what, Kissimmee, get up your beer game. Yeah, you better. <laughs> we we stopped at this, what we would consider here, well, it's something that would have like local shit and and you know, um, more of a selection of what would you call it, microbrews, I guess, craft brews, microbrews. We get in there and it's all like normal shit you would find. Yeah. Like I think our, our uh sheets and uh, up here have probably about uh, the same selection. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit better. Yeah. Well we asked the lady, we said, uh, you know, where where's the something about a better place we can go? She's uh the Walmart. I'm like, wow, fucking Walmart. And, and then Walmart wasn't much better. They didn't have shit. Then we found another place. And we, we went in, it was more of a liquor store, but it had it had a nice cooler full of, of different stuff. Oddities. And we, we picked up, the, I don't know, some weird shit. What was that one we had? It was like that mango thing. Was it a mango or a peach beer? The mango. But it was like 12%. Yeah, that, that one was okay. It was, it was a little harsh, the, but. The 12% was good. The 12% <laughs> was the good part. Uh, But the place was a mess. It was like. It was like they just opened it in stock the shelves yet. And I actually went on, I go on Google, I, I rate, rate stores and stuff. And after we left there, oh, that's right. back in the hotel, I rated the store. <laughs> and uh, they responded right away saying, oh, we'll try to get straightened up for the next time you come in. We'll be next time, bitches. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I, I would go back there, but because we got that good uh, peanut butter whiskey there. Oh, squirrel. Squirrel. So if you can get squirrel peanut butter whiskey, spot on. Yes. Um, and it's not too expensive. So then we left Kissimmee and drove down to uh, my friend's house, uh, Mike and Sherry, down in uh, Cape Coral. And uh, had a great time. They showed us a great time. Absolutely. They those guys. Time. And I am, I am drinking some Wicked Dolphin uh, vanilla rum. I was surprised you still had that. Well, I did to get the big bottle. <laughs> I didn't even open a strawberry one yet. No, 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 because I had other I had other whiskeys and stuff here that. But anyway, Mike and Sherry, thank you. I'm still enjoying it. I was gonna say my uh, my dark rum. It didn't make it long. <laughs> it didn't make it long. It was no. not long for this world. I think that lasted me uh, like four nights. Well, that was pretty potent. Uh, yeah. There, I don't know what they did. It was it wasn't the. It was in between like normal rum and hunter proof. Yeah, that that was good when we tasted like, it. It was like forty five percent. I was actually hoping you'd share it with me, but okay, fuck you. <laughs> you know, I we'll just have to go do it again. Yeah. Okay, ten four. <laughs> actually, I texted Sherry last night and I said uh, I'm enjoying a little bit of the uh, <coughs> vanilla rum, the Wicked Dolphin, and she goes, "Oh, I'm gonna get to send you another bottle." I say, "I may have to come down and pick another bottle up." Um, now, if you put that in with some coffee, oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah kind of same with the, the squirrel. So it would be like a Puerto Rican coffee instead of an Irish coffee? Yeah. Or a Caribbean coffee? 
Caribbean coffee. Oh, I could start a new thing, dude. Instead of an Irish coffee, a Caribbean coffee. Well, I mean, that whiskey, the squirrel, with, uh... Yeah, well, I was... You, what I was, the hell did you drink that with? I was drinking it with, um, the keto coffee. That's right. Uh, <laughs> what the hell is it? I think it's literally called keto coffee. I don't know. I found it in the grocery store. It's got, like, uh, yeah, flavor is not as good as real coffee, but... Um, and it didn't have milk in it. It had something else in it. Keto. Right. Well, you can use cream because milk, milk isn't keto. No, is uh, cream is though. But the sugars where, and I think they put like artificial sugar in there, like Splenda or something. That that's be. because of that, that weird, like, yeah. almost like bitter flavor. So uh, I, I didn't try that, but I, I kind of wanted to. I did not though. Yeah. Well, uh, Sherry's mom really liked it. I put. I didn't do the keto coffee, but I forget what she put. I think she put. Um, it was that, and I think it was a coffee creamer, like flavored coffee creamer. Yes, yes. And she loved it. Yeah. She loved it, <clears throat> which that made me happy. I'm like, you know. So while we were absent, we released a couple beer reviews, and one of the beer reviews we did was a year old. It was almost exactly a year old. We did that, that one. We forgot about the Oozle Finch. Yes. The Smash Mouth. Why did we re- release that? I just never edited it. So, uh, uh, we got a lot of good feedback on that. Thank you for everybody, uh, feeding back on that. And in fact, one of my friends, uh, who also does the deluxe edition podcast, uh, Casey, he actually was so inspired. He's not really a beer guy. He was so inspired by a review that he went down to Oozle Finch. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and he brought a couple beers back for us. And we we're going to do those beer reviews today, release them over the next few weeks. I won't make you wait a year. Uh, <laughs> the problem was, is a smash mellow you can't get anymore. So <clears throat> I guess uh, at Oozle Finch, I'm not saying it's because of our podcast, but it's because of our podcast. Uh, seven oh, or eight it's totally because of our podcast. I, I was coming here to do the podcast, and I stopped at the store, and that guy who disappeared, yeah, he's like, oh, it's Easter time. You have to try this shit. And I don't really... When Casey went to Oozle Finch, they said that seven or eight people had stopped there looking for that beer. And they, they, they stopped making it a year ago. Wow. So, uh, Quinky dink? I think not. I don't think so either. I don't believe in coincidence. Nope. Or conspiracy. So. Nine. So here we are. We're back in the saddle. Uh, getting ready to do our thing. Um, it's good to see you, dude. Yeah, man. And, um, it's good to see you at the table. At the table, not not in the. Uh, well, it's good to see you in the workforce, but I am looking forward to the day that uh, Lexi joins us and the three of us are here again. Yeah, uh, that seems like it was a couple years ago. I'm gonna try hook hooking mm-hmm. Nathan and do a couple more with me because I think he had fun, as we always do, and uh, we we did some. What we did was the top 10, we did five and five, top 10 most secure places in the world. Yes. Oh, I did watch that. Or, no, I, was I in that one? No, you were not. It was just me and that. Nathan. Okay. I was, I was listening. So we did that. Uh, we had a great time. We split it up into two episodes because it would have been three hours long. Um, but that was, that was interesting. 
Nathan had a good time. I, I know I did. Uh, it was fun doing it with him. So now it's you and me again. So we got to get back. Since we're back in Pennsylvania, we're back here, back home. I figured we have to do something close to home. We got to cover something that's Berks County or Schuylkill County. And uh, I had heard about this because uh, when Deb worked for the radio station, she actually interviewed a guy who wrote a book about this. And he also made a short film. I'd like to see that. And the short film has gotten all kinds of awards at all kinds of short uh, the, the, the film festivals. Really? Yes. He, he's been acknowledged that several film festivals. Do you know the name of it? Yeah. You don't? I don't know off the top of my head. No. I'm going to have to look it up. Did you watch it? I did not. I've seen clips of it on, on YouTube. It's called Appalachian... The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia? No. Oh, <laughs> Lexi, Lexi told me to fucking check that out, and I told John to check that out. If you have a chance, you go on YouTube and you look up The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia... And be it enthralled. Yeah. <clears throat> Love it. It's hilarious. What? Tell us a little, because you've been watching some of his videos. Well, I mean, it's a whole... First off, I guess the... the, the uh, damn it. Um, is it not DJ? It's uh, DC... What was their grandfather's name? I don't remember the grandfather's name. D-Ray D Watts. Um, or D, I'm sorry, D-Ray D Watts. D-Ray White. But he was a famous tap dancer, and that's kind of like where they got he got his fame from. And uh, without spoiling it, it's just literally like these crazy motherfuckers that live their life out in West Virginia. And I think how it starts the movie starts off is like it's a sheriff. And he's like, not a goddamn one of them work, but they always got money. You figure that one out. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I guess the grandson, Jessica White is now tap dancing or tap dancing. He used to huff a lot of gas and there's some crazy motherfuckers, but I'd love to hang out with them. So this is, this is the movie here. So let's blow that up. The movie is huh, Appalachian based on the true events in a novel by uh, James you would pronounce well, that Appalachian? Well, I would pronounce it Appalachian. Yeah. Well, you're wrong. No. Yeah, it's Appalachian Trail. Appalachia. Okay. Anyway. That's more native. Okay. All of a sudden, you're native. Appalachia. I've been here long enough to be native. So that's a short film, and I'm going to link that below. Cool. Uh, the IDB. I want to watch this. IMDB page. Where can you find it? I, I, I honestly, I don't know. What do you have to pay for it? You probably got to pay for it. Um, so the uh, yeah, was that, you get my message last night. You texted me last night about you said what episode are we doing, and you wrote that, and I read it wrong, and I thought it said Scumbags Tavern. <laughs> so the book is Appalachian, Appalachian, uh, Shambos Tavern. By James Wasakalo. I think that's how you pronounce Junior. it. Um, so I, I'm going to link the Amazon link to that book. If I can't find a, a better link to that book. Uh, maybe I'll, 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 maybe I'll find his webpage and I'm going to link that. Because uh, I, <coughs> I think the book.
book is considered fiction, but it's based on true events. And if you look this up, you can't find... Yeah, that's what you were saying. A whole lot. I find that's why we never did this episode, or it took so long to do, because it just took so long to, to pull information on it. Yeah, and it, like, well, this, <clears throat> this research took me, like, three weeks. Like, I'm seeing this shit, like, you... I would never go this far because I'm just lazy. So, so let's jump into it. You're not 100% lazy. No. I don't think anybody's 100% I'm, I'm, dick. I'm, I'm, 100, I'm 110% lazy. <clears throat> We're all lazy in our own ways. So, Burks County's known for ghost stories. Um, there's, Aye, yes, it is. There's a haunted road down here. Oh, more than one. Well, there's just there's like a, a famous haunted road. I, I don't know the name of it. It's not that famous if I don't know it. Um, but, uh, there's actually, uh, several books that were written from the guy from WEU, the radio station, mm -hmm. uh, Haunted Burks. Yeah. Um, so it, there's, I didn't realize this went back as far as it does. Is that old Fritztown Road? The Haunted Road? Yeah. No, it's someplace over here in, um, right in Perry Township, I believe. I know there's a street called Shackamaxon. Shackamaxon? Shackamaxon. It's right by the river. Anywho. So this story begins in 1756. And anybody who knows anything knows that 17, 1756 was in the middle of the French and Indian War. You know, speaking of, on the way up to your place, there's a sign that mentions some fort that when you turn in, yeah, it's Fort Lebanon. Yeah, and uh, so I pulled over to read the sign one day. I'm like, no shit. I'm like, that's pretty good. And it mentions the, the, the French and Indian War and how that was, uh, I forget exactly what it says, but it was it's pretty so cool. So actually our property is supposedly sitting on where the fort was. If we walk down in the woods, <clears throat> the our, our property line goes straight out. It's like a weird, weird-shaped property. But there's a stone wall there. They think that was part of the fort. Well, no wonder you were seeing pilgrims and shit here. I've never seen shit here. Oh, you've seen shit. You've seen shit up close. Uh, uh, other dicks. <laughs> <laughs> that is my line, and you cannot use it. Um, uh, other people have seen the pilgrim lady in his house, <laughs> and that's a story for another day. Uh, you know, I, I would love to believe. I believe. We shouldn't say I love to believe, but I believe, and I haven't seen anything, ever. Well? I lie. I totally lie. And I think I told you the story. I'll make it quick, but... Uh, I'm sure you will. I was, <laughs> it was down in my sister's basement, and I'm sitting on the couch, and the doorway there, there used to be like a blanket over there just to keep the heat in because there's a little uh, uh, pellet stove down there. And I'm sitting on the couch, and I see this like figure like looking through the... Kind of like his head sideways looking through the, the thing. And I thought it was her son. I'm like, what the fuck? And I went like this. Well, what the fuck are you staring at me for, bro? <laughs> and uh, I ended up like yelling his name. I'm like, yo, dude. I'm like, why are you looking at me like that? I'm, like, quit creeping me out. And I got up and I walked over and I like moved the thing and it was gone. I'm like, wow. I, did, I literally made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. And I was like, what the fuck? That was, that was creepy. <laughs> I don't know if that was just, you know, how your mind plays tricks on you sometimes. But I don't know if it was that or if I actually saw something. I'm trying to see 
what the uh okay that's all i needed um so french and indian war uh the french and indian war was uh 1754 to 1763 uh it was also uh in the same time frame as the seven years war which put it pitted north the british empire and this is before the revolution i think yes yes because uh george washington was a hero in the french and indian war <laughs> so the, the natives the native american tribes supported uh uh the french mm-hmm. against the british cuz i guess the french weren't as as pushy I, I don't know i always think of french people as snobby assholes no offense to french people if you're listening yeah so at the start of the war, the French colonies had a population of rough, roughly 60,000 settlers compared to the 2 million settlers of the British colonies. Uh, the, the French were vastly outnumbered. Uh, so they depended heavily on the Native Americans. It's just weird to think that the French and British made it all the way out this far. Not that it's that super far, but... We're kind of in the sticks. Yeah. Uh, well, Pennsylvania was one of the 13 original colonies, but it is it is odd because we don't have a seafront. No, I guess everything was the, the skook. It came up uh, to Philly is the, the, the closest waterfront, so it's the biggest waterway that comes into Pennsylvania. Um, now, you can take the skookle all the way from here to Philadelphia. Yeah. And I remember... Somebody that I know, his grandmother, said that she used to take, remember taking the boat. She said it would take forever, but you could take a boat from Reading to Philadelphia. And it took like, honestly, I think she said it took all, pretty much all day, I think. I bet you a day and a half. Day and a half, something like that? I bet you. I wanted to say three days, but I think that's too long. Because I know when, when, we, when we have kayaked on the Delaware... Like, we kayaked for a day and a half, and we still didn't get all the way down. We're still in the same spot. No, I mean, like, really, we, we, we kayaked for, like, eight hours, camped overnight. I can believe that. And then kayaked for, like, like another four hours, and then they picked us up and took us back. When they drove us back, it, it took an hour to drive us back. Like, so, it like, we didn't get that far. And the scouts go on a Schuylkill all the time, and it's an all-day trip. Yeah. From, from, I, I get, like, a big warship. On the school, that school is not that it's like shallow as shit in some spots. Yeah, well, there, there was, well, up through Berks County, there were locks. Really? On the canal. So they, they might have brought hmm. the stuff up the canal. So that, that bike trail that I used to take the inmates out to, uh, there's, there's still, there's still operating wooden locks on that canal. Now they're off to the side, they're not on the main river. Yeah, I remember seeing that. I remember seeing ones that are still operating. Well, you like, could, you could actually swing them open and closed. Hmm. No, nah, they don't fill up with water and whatnot because it's not that the water that's in there is, is it's not diverted towards it's rain retention. But yeah, but yeah, there's there's at least two of them that were that still have the actual wooden locks in them huh. that they that's right they re- yeah. refurbished them. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I it, yeah, we're far away in from the coast, 
But uh, I, well, I guess it was just considered a wilderness. Yeah. So, uh, well, like I said, it was the wilderness. Because I can see it's still pretty much wilderness now. The spot we're talking about was a traveling path over the Appalachian Mountain into Schuylkill County from Berks County. So, um, where we have many, uh, blah, 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 blah. two years into the French and Indian War in uh, 1756, Britain declared war on France. And they were beginning the worldwide Seven Years' War then. So, the French and Indian War led to the Seven Years' War. Uh, however, in the United States, the French and Indian War was viewed as a singular conflict and was not associated with the war in Europe. So, what was going on here was considered a separate thing, even though it was actually part of the Seven Years' War, I guess, in history. I, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about that era. But that's why I love doing this research, because I learned shit. So, the British colonists were supported at various times by the Iroquois, uh, Catawba, Catawba, and Cherokee tribes. Catawba. Catawba. Uh, and the French was supported by a confederacy of three, three uh, four, five, five, six tribes, <clears throat> which was, man, I don't know why I try to even pronounce this shit. Where are you at here? Uh, French supported by the right Wabanaki? Here. This here. The Wabanaki confederacy, which was the Abenaki, mm -hmm. the Mi'kmaq, Mi'kmaq, the Algonquin, the Algonquin, the Lenape, Ojibwa, Ojibwa, and Ottawa, Shawnee, and Wandat. Wandat? Wandat. Tribes. So those tribes made the. I say it as if I was there. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and I a, I'm glad you're here because. I couldn't. I lived the life. So all those tribes were supporting the French. Uh, it began with dispute over control of the confluence of the Allegheny and Monongahela River, at, at the, called the, what is now the the confluence of the Ohio River. Uh, so that's out in Pittsburgh. Oh, right there it says that. Uh, it was a site of Fort. Wait, hold on. Doesn't Pittsburgh have like seven bridges? Or isn't there something that's called like the Seven Bridges out in that area? They have seven main bridges. Bridges <clears throat> all over the place there, but I think there's seven main bridges. Uh, but I thought it had like a name. Anyways, well, Three Rivers. Is that what it was? Well, that's what Three Rivers Stadium was. The Allegheny Monongahela came together to, to form the Ohio. It's a confluence. I like that Monongahela. It's a cool name. Yeah, it is. I've always liked that. Like, uh, and I have no trouble pronouncing that because I've been to Three Rivers Stadium. I was actually at Three Rivers Stadium for the, the very last Steelers game at Three Rivers. And I was also at Heinz Field for the very first game at Heinz Field Stadium. Like, what was it? Uh, I heard this on a local radio station. And it was either the, it was a river. And it was either the Susquehanna. Which river, like, runs? Is it the, that's not the Schuylkill. The Susquehanna? The Susquehanna, I believe it is. The guy says, you know what that name means in the native language? Suck, sucking Hannah? Yeah, it means uh, the place where we all, where we gather to, to eat. Or, <laughs> or the place where we gather to drink. So our basement? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what she called it the Susquehanna. The Susquehanna basement. 
This is the Susquehanna podcast room. <laughs> uh, so that was Fort. Man, I'm just I'm looking at here. There's a lot of shit I can't pronounce. Yeah, it's French. So, oh, it's French. Oh, it's the Quince. The Anyway, it's fromage. Oh, day toilet. It's Fort Fromage. Uh, so <laughs> the the dispute erupted into violence in the Battle of. Junumville Glen in May 1754, during which Virginia militiamen under the command of 22-year-old George Washington ambushed a French patrol. Yeah, I'm sure that was hard. Were they all sitting there polishing up their white flags? <laughs> Let's make sure these white flags are really clean so we're waving. <laughs> Watching their white flags. Actually, the French were very warlike back then. <clears throat> like, they were fierce fighters. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but apparently uh, George Washington was seen as a war criminal by the French for some of the tactics that he used <clears throat> and, and uh, the brutality of, of their attacks I can see that uh, that's what the, of, uh, uh, movie, the movie The Patriot was yeah you, ambushing that yeah. wasn't a thing no they were using all uh, Native American te- techniques guerrilla techniques yeah yeah so, according to local tradition, in 1757, the second year of the French and Indian War, east of the Susquehanna River, a massacre of the Spatz family near at a spring near the modern-day Straustown, PA, <coughs> caused the modern-day Straustown. Well, what we call Straustown today. <laughs> yeah, a row of five houses. Yes, and a field. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, caused the river to run, the water to run red with the, the family's blood. A uh, small trickle of water became known as Bloody Spring. So that little stream, wherever this happened, is called Bloody Spring. And then it was, and the event has been called Bloody Spring Massacre since that time. Uh, the story of this massacre is passed down through the Dengler family. Now you're going to start hearing names that you'll recognize because they're all Dutchy. Mm, I already recognize Spatz, Spatz. Dengler. Uh, uh, the Dengler family, whose farm neighbor the Spatz homestead. Now that that last one, that's German. You're getting into a lot of German. How the fuck well, did Germans make their way into this? Dengler, well, this this area is heavily German, dude. Uh, well, I know that. Well, this this is it happened here. Was it German first, and then this shit took place? What well, I wouldn't say it was. It wasn't Germany. There were German settlers here. Right. Yeah. I so I remember. This was probably a good 20, 25 years ago. Um, this person I was dating, their family took in a, um, a German foreign exchange student. And um, I believe her name was Annika. Anyways, so we took her to New York City. And I remember being in the, in the car, right? We left from here, Berks County. And I, I remember asking her, I said, what do you think of Berks County? She's like, eh, it looks like Germany. Yeah. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, it's a, it's a green, lots of rolling hills. And she's like, not impressed. We had a, a, a one of the ladies at church brought a German exchange student over. And I wanted to make her feel at home. And since I have a strong German heritage, I made uh, kipples, which is the German cookie. I also made a traditional German cookie with 
they sometimes use like anise in it, which mm-hmm. is licorice. I don't like the licorice, oh, but I they, I don't, uh, they also make it with, um, the hell was it? I forget. Oh, um, not vanilla. I can't, I can't think of it. Anyway, they also make it a different way. And what it is, is a rolled cookie and the roller itself has a pattern on it. Mm-hmm. And you roll it and it basically cuts the cookies out to that pattern. Yeah. So I made those and brought them to church and, and shared them with her. And, and and she said the same thing, that this area is very much like her home. Yeah. Like, just, it looks. Oh, I weird. Like, I think her brothers and stuff came over eventually just to visit. But uh, they really loved orange juice. Like, you would have, I remember the dad saying, He's like, man, he's like, they, they drank me out of house and home with orange juice. And they say that they don't get it, like, fresh orange juice in Germany. They don't do, like, breakfast the way we do. No. Like, their pancakes, which I really love. Like, instead of putting butter and syrup or butter and syrup on it, they'll put butter and sprinkle sugar on top. Yeah. and Which is really good, too. But when Lexi, Lexi went over to Austria when she was 12, mm-hmm. she played an international soccer tournament. Um, their breakfast... Uh, she found it to be so, like, they used, like, lunch meat for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Like, sliced meats. Yeah. And, and they would try to cater to the American kids because they were so used to something else. So they were trying to make them feel at home. They're all young kids. And she said just the way they made it was so greasy, she couldn't, like, she get sick from it. And she appreciated the fact that they were trying to make her feel at home, but she said it's not really the way, like, Everybody assumes that we put a pound of butter and we fry an egg in it. <laughs> and, and that's what they were doing, basically. So, which, that, like I, like I, like she said, I appreciate it. You know, uh, Americans but, aren't known in Europe as being healthy eaters. No. no but then again, neither are they. I don't know what they mean. <laughs> so, it's like, uh, I wanted to tell you, like, my family, like, my heritage can date back to the first German settlers that came to the United States. So there's a place down outside the Lehigh Valley area in uh, South Whitehall Township called Goothsville. The very first settler that can be oh, traced geez. in my family that came to the United States was Lawrence Guth. And, uh, Is that G-U-T-H? No, G-U-T-H-T-H, Oh, my God. G T G T. Well, four letters. Okay. So the last it. three are pretty damn close. U T H. O T H. But a U. So two two. Yeah, but you guys pronounce it like. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, uh, so there, he had a lot of land down there. When he passed away, he donated it to the township and the church, and in. That church in South Wales Township, on the top of the hill, there's this monument to Lawrence Guth. Hmm. Guthsville. Guthsville. So, but uh, all of that, and I digress, I digress, because that's just the background. So that massacre. Yeah, I was just curious if. Well, that massacre took place because of the French and Indian War. I was just curious if Germans were already predominant here during yes. this. Yes. They were. Okay. By this time, the Germans had a heavy preference. Like, the Germans got off the boat, and they said, where do we go? Let's go to Burke County. 
Let's go to Lehigh County. Let's, Let's go, go to home. Let's go to Schuylkill County. Go to where it looks like home. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, like I, the more you think about it, the more it makes sense. So, one morning, the Lenape Indians, who were allied with the French, came out of the woods in Albany Township, Berks County, and attacked the home of Frederick Reichfelter. Tell me that's not German. Wait, that's not what that name says. Yeah. Reichfelter? Reichhelter. There's, there's no T in there. It, no, it, this R Reich. R E I C H is Reich. I get that. Reich Elderfers. Reich Reicherdorf. That's a tough one. We'll just go with what you said. Reichdorfer. Reich. Whatever. Now you got me fucking. <laughs> you gotta. You gotta be more drunk to pronounce that. Okay. Ten more. Two more beers. Uh, <clears throat> so the account of the attack, like. What happened is like this. As Frederick was feeding his horses, two Lenape Indians came upon him with the intent to attack. Obviously, I'm reading this from my research because I would not speak like that. Bitches came up on him, man. Uh, this is a coco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he ran and they followed him into the field. And they were about 12 perches behind him. So I had to look up what a perch was. And that's a unit of measurement, which is about five and a half yards. Are we going to go into a math lesson here? Yes. So that's 16 yards, 16 and a half feet behind him. Or 16 and a half feet is each perch. Okay. So they were 10 to 12 perches behind him. So 50 yards. Okay. A little over. Why would they just say 50 yards? I don't know. <laughs> I found it interesting because perch is something I've never heard. So I had to research and I found out what it was. I figured I'd include it because if you're not... Hey, about 279 perches behind them. <laughs> That's like the fucking stones. Hey, <laughs> right, you're looking by about 10 stones? Well, wow, that, that makes me feel slim. What kind of stones? <laughs> They're boulders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucker. Or fathoms. Each stone is 200 pounds. <laughs> So, as Frederick, uh, he, he ran toward Jacob Gerhardt's home. Another name you might. Gerhardt, yep. Gerhardt Funeral Homes. Yep. Uh, his intent was to go there and get a weapon to defend himself. As he neared the Gerhardt home, he heard the agonizing cries from behind him back at his home. Uh, so, uh, inst instead of just going the rest of the way getting a gun, he turns around and runs back to his home. What about these guys that are chasing perches behind them? Maybe they turn around and attack his house instead of following him. I don't know. I, uh, how someone in this era didn't have a weapon in their home or on a, on you when you're going outside, especially in these times, which makes me think that Frederick was a, a screaming liberal and hated guns. I think he was, and, and that's okay. He for was him. a woke libtard. That's okay for him. <laughs> I don't judge him. Uh, so he turned back towards the cries, ran back to his house. Before he made it back, he saw his, his stables and his home were on fire. They're, they're burning. Uh, the cows were bellowing, so they were dying in the fire. Uh, seeing this, he turned around and ran away again. Like, this guy doesn't know what the hell to do. So he was scared. I get it. 
Uh, two of his children were shot. One of his one of his children was found dead in the field. The other one was found alive and brought to Hagenbush home, where he died a couple hours later. All of his grain burned, and all of his cattle burned. So he's got nothing now. Two of his three kids are dead. Uh, he got no grain. He got no cattle. His house is burnt down. His barns burnt down. Uh, at Gerhardt's, they killed one man, two women, six children. Who, who's they? The, the Indians? The Indians. There were six fathoms so, behind? So now they got... <laughs> they, they, were six, they? they were six stones behind. <laughs> <laughs> they got to his house, killed, <clears throat> killed a man, two women, six children. Two children slipped under the bed, one of which was burned with the house. The other one escaped and ran a mile to help get to go get help. So, Jacob Gerhardt was orphaned, and he eventually returned to build Stan, Sandstone Tavern in 1793 that overlooked the spot where his family was massacred. Uh, so this is this is when this Shambacher's Tavern was built. Can we? Is it is it still there? Yes. We should drive out there. Oh, we absolutely could. It's private property and somebody lives in it. But it's right... But I mean, can you see it from, like, if you, not private property? If you blink, you'll miss it. Like, Is it close? Well, it's close to here. <laughs> it, it's within four miles of here. Really? Yes. Hmm. But we'll get there. In the next paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> the literal next paragraph. Uh, the tavern, <laughs> which is longer... <laughs> a popular traveler's route coming over the Blue Mountains in Escoogle County, uh, which is now Hawk Mountain. Okay. Uh, the mountains were sacred to the Lenape Indians who once lived there. The location also happens to be along the, mi uh, the migratory bird route of birds of prey, hawks, eagles, falcons, uh, hence the name Hawk Mountain. Uh, I know Marty used to go up there a lot. I know I've taken my work crew up there and we've done work up there. Uh, I know I hiked that when I was a kid with my school. I've been up there. It's really cool when you get it to is. the end of it. It's a long hike. But yes. Really cool. In uh, one day, I went up and down that mountain 10 times. To the end and back? Yeah. That was hurting. That's a long. Yeah, it is. It takes like a good like two, three hours to get to the end of it. No. Well, you're, I mean, you're stopping and pulling up and taking pictures of shit. Yeah, we weren't, we weren't, we were hustling up. Picking up scrap wood, taking it down. They built a set of steps where I guess people used to slip on the rocks. So I, I shouldn't say we went all the way up to the top. We went up to where the steps are now. And we took the, the drop-off pieces back down. And they used polymer lumber, so it was heavy as hell. It wasn't like regular pressure treated. Uh, so if you do climb up there, you can see uh, eagles, hawks, falcons, uh, Get a really good view of down in yeah, it's beautiful up there. I don't know what area it overlooks, but that that would. In fact, right down at the bottom of the mountain in Hamburg, there's that eagle's nest, right along sixty one. Have you ever seen it? I look at it every yes. day. Every yeah. day when I go by there, I look at it, yeah. and probably about four times a week, I see the eagle sitting up in his tree, and then you can see the nest over. You can see something in a nest, so he's got another baby in there. Big motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, they're huge. Um. So, whether it was the spirit of the Lenape 
understandably so of the un unsettling memories. Uh, many saw Jacob Gerhardt. He was never right after that. Like he got there, he he was never the same as he used to be. He was through a lot of shit. I, I don't know. Uh, he died in the early 1800s. So George and Priscilla Bolich bought the property and used it as a tavern. So as people were walking over the mountain, they would stop halfway over the mountain. At this, they'd stay there overnight, and then they'd go on. Uh, it was It's just over the summit. So, like, we could drive up the road and, and, and peek at it. And, and any day you want to do that, when you come up, we'll get in my car and we'll go over. It's only like four miles. Hmm. So, uh, in 1850, the tavern changed uh, owners once again. The new owners were Matthias and Margaret Schambacher. Shamon, Shamon. Shamon, Shamon. Uh, and their names will be ever, forever associated with the property. That's known as Schambacher's Tavern. The tavern is placed under the shroud of rumor, mystery, and ghost stories. It was added to the National Registry of Historic Places in 1979. Soon after Matthias took ownership of the tavern, rumors began to swirl. Uh, stories began to circulate of disappearing traveling salesmen. Uh, locals would hear screams and moan coming from the barn and people being chased away from the property with a bloody hatchet-wielding schambacher. Uh, Matthias was also reported to have been uh, scrubbing blood off the barn walls. The people would come up and see him do this or he'd chase them off or whatever. Um, one of the first stories came from a man who claimed that his father had once visited the tavern uh, during a terrible thunderstorm. After knocking on the door, he was greeted with a grim-looking Matthias who pointed him out to the barn and said, you know, you sleep out in the barn in the stables. Or, that's where your horses can be stable. Uh, as they approached the barn, the horse, horses became spooked and reared up in terror. Uh, the impatient man threw down the reins and entered the barn himself. He saw traces of blood splattered about. He decided he was better off continuing through the storm than spending a night at this place. Huh. Uh, some told of how Matthias plied guests with food and drink until they could no longer uh, stay awake. That's probably where you get me. Yeah. Oh, you got some progies. Would you like another beer? <laughs> Would you like another beer and some progies? <laughs> oh, wow. Sure, mister. I got some gluttonies here. <laughs> Um, once they were asleep, you look like you could you you look like you could gain a few stones. Yeah. <laughs> look a little frail there, sir. Uh, once they fall asleep, uh, Matthias would murder the travelers and sell their belongings for profit. Uh, to dispose of the bodies, he would first hack them apart. Some pieces were dumped into an old well on the property, while others were strewn about the forest for animals to clean up. So basically, anything with bone on it was thrown in a well. Mm. Um, and, and the movie of this, and the clips I've seen of the movie, show the owner after him going down. He's working. He dips. He dips into the well for water, and it's like rancid. And he, he's like, "What the hell is that?" 
So he gets a, a lantern, goes down, shines it down, and he, he sees skulls and stuff down the bottom of that. Hmm. It was really well done. Like, it, it's obviously a low-budget movie. Yeah. A short film. with that. But, no, it was awesome. I, I, I actually liked what Thank I saw. Know. And, again, like I said, Deb interviewed him when he wrote the book. Uh, so, according to one st- story, hungry travelers would stop at the tavern, and they would be served a meal that was called Old German Sausage. Uh, the traveler, the travelers would begin eating, uh, but the food didn't taste quite right. Um, then they realized that hey, there ain't no pigs or livestock here. Yeah, now wait a dang minute. And they, they start putting two to two together, uh, and he figured he might be the next traveler's meal, and, and he beat feet. So, I'm gonna take a break here for a second. I just wanted to mention quick that we are on the Deluxe Edition Network, which is the Den Dot Show. Uh, it's just a, a place where there's a bunch of great podcasts. Many great podcasts. Yeah. Uh, actually, on my podcast list are three quarters of the podcasts on the Den Network. I, I, I listen to them all the time. Um, so sh- be sure to check out the Den Dot Show. So on the Den Network, uh, every month they have a spotlight podcast, and this month is Organic Spaceship. What? Oh yeah, it's actually pretty cool. I listened That's to this. That's an awesome name. Yeah, it is. Uh, he actually talks about uh, where he came up with the name, which is cool. Uh, Josh sits down with uh, different people, just interviews them, talks to them, talks about their lives, what they do, drinks some whiskey, has a good time, and his most recent show ties right into this one. Uh, it's Ghost Stories. Uh, so be sure to check out the Den Dot Show and the Organic Spaceship Podcast. And we are back. Uh, so we were talking about um, people walking over Shambacher Tavern. Uh, Supposedly he's cutting these people up and serving them as German sausage. Uh, another story about uh, was Elias Featheroff. Uh, visit the Schambacher Tavern uh, when he was walking over a mountain. He heard a strange noise. He approached the infamous barn on the property. Uh, wee, the... Wee, wee. <laughs> Squeal like a pig! Squeal like a pig! <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. We were over at our friend's house last week and we were talking to them and their son had never seen um, Deliverance. And uh, oh, my friend said, well, you know, he shoots him right in the heart before he rapes the guy. No, 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 no. He got raped, dude. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, no, I think he shoots him with the arrow before no. he... I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure he gets raped. And he goes, well, I'll let you know because we're watching it tonight. And he goes, he texted me the next day. He goes, yeah, he took it in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was reading, I was reading about that. And uh, Burt Reynolds was doing an interview. And he said that everybody on... The set felt that that scene went too far. They felt that it was it was over the line. And who was the guy? Uh, Ned Beatty was the one who, who got porked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess like he went through with it, but he was not down with it. <laughs> he was not the same after. No, he was never the same. He never got another acting gig after that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Ned he... Beatty worked for years. No, I know. I'm sick. He didn't walk right for years either. <laughs> <laughs> he had his weird limp. Uh, now, whose idea was it to go with the scene? 
Yeah, so we the, the director. director. Actually, speaking of that, because it was a director's idea, I <clears throat> and I think we should do. Whoa, we're not recreating that scene, buddy. I love you, but not like that. Huh. Well, I guess whatever. <laughs> but what about this for the podcast, bro? <laughs> no. I quit. I think we should do a um, not so much a movie review, but find a movie that we both like and look at all the problems that they had on the set. Mm. I watched. Uh, I watch a, a YouTube channel, and it said, what the fuck happened to this horror movie? It's WTF happened to, and they were talking about the Evil Dead, and all the problems that they had on the set of the Evil Dead. And it is fascinating. Um, like, all the issues. The infamous tree rape scene in the Evil Dead, everybody on that cast said, like, they didn't want to do that. They thought it was overboard. But it's the most memorable scene in that movie. Right. Like, everybody remembers a tree rape scene. Uh, I don't know what you would consider overboard nowadays. Well, after the Saw movies, nothing. Well, I would say that you and I would consider overboard. I'm sure there's some of these... Well, see, the, the younger generation... There's a reason why I don't enjoy the Saw movies. I think they're too graphic. Like, it, it doesn't bother me. It's just, I don't think you need to... I am a big fan of 70s, 80s horror movies. Do you ever see uh, Caligula? Uh, when I was younger. With, uh, god damn it, what's his name? Burt Lancaster. No. But I remember somebody telling me, and I had never watched it before, but like, yeah, it's like that movie Caligula. You you watch it, it just, it just grinds at you. It's just, grind, like, just slowly, because it's so, like, it's basically, like, almost like a porno. Well, that's how, uh, the TV series, the Showtime series, Gladiator was. Gladiator, Blood and Sand. That was basically softcore porn. With, uh, oh God, what's his name? I don't know, I'm thinking of Hercules. Never mind. Hercules? Hercules! But no, it's, it's a, no, I'm pretty sure it's rated X. Because they show penetration and, and freaking everything. I would love to do, like, pick a, pick a movie and, Look at, see what happened on the set. See what happened. Like a lot of these movies, like the, the producers really fucked the directors over, and that's why you end up with a director's cut. I'm sure there's so much shit that goes into it that we don't know. I know about. you're not you're not as big in the movies as I am. No, but no. I love the the WTF happened to this movie series well, because they touch on like get behind into, the like, scenes, all the nitty gritty shit. Like when you see when you do your re search <laughs> I wouldn't even be thinking about all the shit that happened before this to lead up to right but you, you need to have a basis of what's going on before you, you... Eh, eh, well well the French and Indian War is why all this happened and that's why that was a path and it, it ended up being a safe path over the mountain to, to uh, Schuylkill County from Berks County but not really but not really <laughs> it was felt like it, like if they felt like it was a safe and I, I guess this guy only killed as many people as I don't know, they never say how many people he killed. But when we get there at the end, he's on his deathbed. He makes a deathbed confession, but he had dementia, so nobody took it seriously. Hmm. So there's all these rumors and all kinds of stuff about this guy. But I would imagine you could probably get away with quite a bit. I'm sure you could. Not like today, where there's cameras everywhere. Yeah, and cameras. 
So anyway, we're talking about yeah, Elias Featheroff. Uh, he heard a strange noise approach the infamous barn. The sounds of someone in distress. Uh, he quickly ran into the barn, and he spied Matthias holding a hatchet over his head. And Matthias saw uh, Featheroff and said, uh, go away, go away quick, or I'll sink this hatchet in your head. So he ran off, and uh, the, the reputation of Matthias even grew even more. Like the, the stories even it, it became even more. One of the most persuasive stories came from Ed Trexler, maybe he's the founder of Trexler Town, uh, who recounted his, fa uh, his father's tale of a man peddling Civil War uniforms in Albany Township in the 1870s. Uh, so th this, this salesman uh, turned up missing. There was a report. He was reported missing. Uh, and they said the last time he was seen, he was head heading over the mountain through the area of Shambonkers Tavern in Schuylkill County. Uh, a few weeks later, Matthias was seen in Reading, Pennsylvania, selling merchandise very similar to what hmm. this guy was selling. That's weird. Uh, while lore has it that Matthias killed at least 11 travelers, uh, records reveal he was never charged with a crime. And you never know, because it could just be the neighbors not liking a dude and, and making up the shit in their head about what was going on. Uh, a lot of what happened could have been him slaughtering a pig or, or whatever. You know, no, he's never caught red-handed. Yeah, maybe his sausage didn't taste good. Cause he's just, maybe he's just bad sausage maker. He's a shitty cook. Maybe, maybe he used dirty equipment. Maybe he didn't clean his kitchen. So, but if he killed as many people as they claim he killed, he would have the distinction of being America's very first serial killer. Mm. If you think about it. Mm -hmm. And, and <clears throat> so in uh, 1879, at age 55, he had a mental breakdown. Um, I, I think it was dementia or Alzheimer's. They didn't know what it was back then. So he, they called it a mental breakdown. Uh, he was alleged to have made a deathbed confession of it murdering at least 11 to 14 travelers at the end. Okay. Saying that he robbed them and killed them. Then he chopped them up and put their parts down a well and some of the parts in the woods, like the meaty parts for the animals to take. Uh, what about the other parts he made in their sausage? He never, he never copped that. Again, that was just a story that someone, someone said. Uh, he claimed he had been driven to madness and murder by a voice whispering in his ear, telling him to commit these acts, and believed that there was a great evil in the mountain. Mm. And remember, this property was overlooking bloods, the, the Bloody Springs, where that massacre was. Bloody Springs. Uh, he was buried in New Bethel Union Cemetery in Kempton, not far from the mountain. Oh, not far from Hawk Mountain. Kempton is right up the road. <laughs> After his death, the myth of uh, Schambacher's Tavern only grew. Uh, some locals tell stories of a pious man who became the next. So it was a very upstanding young family who bought it next. And 
when they got there, his wife felt like there was an evil in the place. He felt like it was it was haunted by some dark spirits or evil. Uh, so he's the one who went to the well. Uh, no, maybe not. One day, some someone traveling over the mountain came upon the former tavern. Noticed the door was ripped off the hinges. He peeked inside. The furniture was strewn about. No signs of the pious owner. A search party was mounted. And, oh, this is a different guy. And soon they located the decapitated, decapitated corpse of the man. The murder was never solved. Now, William Turner, this is the one I was talking about, the young guy, uh, bought Schambacher's Tavern in the 1800s. He raised a long family there and, could, and continued as a stopover for travelers. According to the town records, uh, he found human remains in three wells on the property. Now, this is what they showed. How did you sully all your wells? Wait, there was more than that. Uh, this is what the movie showed, where he went to the well, dipped in, tasted rancid, sent a lantern down. Whether it's true or not, I don't know, because it's a movie. It's big. I, I don't know. I, I've never interviewed this guy. I don't know how much well, of I'm, what he well, put in his book dead. is. No, no, no. James Wasilow. <laughs> <laughs> Deb interviewed him, so I don't know exactly what, how much of it is fact and how much of it is for the story. <clears throat> that'd be that'd be cool to get a hold of him. I actually thought about trying to get a hold of him, but I have no is way. He local? No, no, he lives in. He actually lives out in uh, Colorado. Son of a bitch! Road trip. Whoop. <laughs> um, I would like to know where he got his information from. I actually would too because like he had he had the deep dive like actual records, not yeah, just the internet. Yeah, I'm sure like you know, when you see people go to the library and I've never done it but they have the microfiche? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've done that. I never never got to do that. I was I think they showed us how to in the college, but I didn't go to the class or wasn't paying us trying to get with some chick. I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> uh by the early 1900s, many patrons were hawk shooters who would hike the top of the mountain to shoot the birds for sport. You some bitches. I wonder how they tasted. You know, that's how I'd always get Marty riled up. <laughs> You're not supposed to eat them. He would talk about the eagles, and I'm like, dude, I wonder what an eagle tastes like. Don't you dare. Don't, don't, don't you dare. They're a protected species. And I'm like, dude, I'm just saying, if, if, if they taste good, they'll never go extinct. It's like, it'd be like chicken. You'll have eagles everywhere. What eagles. Much meat you can get off on? Don't even say that. <laughs> I'm like, dude, settle down. I, I, heard I said, what about eagle eggs? Would they be good? <laughs> <laughs> sure. The other eggs are good. Oh, my God. That would fill a, a, fill a pan. You could feed five people an eagle egg. I remember hearing this story. Well, I got a job close to here like uh, 30 years ago. When you were a baby? No, it would have been. Yeah, that's not. Twenty years ago, when you were a baby. Yeah, and I remember I went out for a smoke break, and some guy was out there, and he was telling me, "Yeah, you know, because I used to be right at the base of the pinnacle in Hawk Mountain. I think it's oh yeah, yeah." He goes, "Yeah, you know, there used to be this guy that would chop up people and make them in a sausage, like right up on this mountain." I'm like, "Get the fuck out of here!" I'm like, "Holy shit!" He's like, "No, no, I'm serious. It's old. It's an old legend." Well, there is truth to it. 
I just don't know how much. Right. Maybe he maybe he cut his dick off and made a sausage out of it. It could be. Could be. And then Slash, he was a serial killer. <clears throat> so... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, any conversation you could take from here to super gay. <laughs> so, <clears throat> a story from this time describes how Turner had a beautiful young daughter while playing her whistle, I would say probably flute, I don't know. She stumbled down a, uh, a, the steep steps leading to the tavern's base. The girl died, but the music can supposedly still be heard in the area. Uh, the tavern was next sold to John E. Wentz in 1922. Soon another, after, another familiar name? Yeah. But spelled a little different? Yep. Soon after, locals began to suspect some sort of mischief going on there. Weird lights were seen, odd noises at all hours. Uh, yeah, push party. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there were enough reports for the authorities to start investigating the rumor. In 1930, Prohibition agents raided the property, and after a brief, sh brief shootout, they found a gin mill and bootleggers holed up there. Uh, in 1938, Schambacher's Tavern was sold to a newly established Hawk Mountain Sanctuary uh, to house personnel like Morris and Irma Brown. The Bronze had many stories, heard many of the stories noted above, and even added a few of their own. Maurice uh, was known to have claimed that he found several human bones on the property. No evidence of that exists, though. Whether or not the tavern is truly haunted, uh, people continue to delight in retelling of these great ghost stories. And I'm sure this is one of in one of the ghost stories of Berks County. It's got to be. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there is at least a part due to real people, places, and events which they're based upon. Uh, you, you know what? It's funny you say that because wasn't there a book that was like famous story, uh, ghost stories of Berks County? Yeah, it was written by the guy from WEU. Um, I, I think I remember either buying that or, or getting that from the library. Now that you mentioned that, it just clicked in my head. And it was a quick mention, but this was in there. It was probably a quick mention because there's really not. Yeah, it was like, like it left you wanting more. It's like, what the? Wow. Like, you can't. I had to search for this yeah. guy, dude. Uh, uh, the, the name of Matthias Schambacher grew infamy because. The stories have been retold and retold and retold and retold. In recent times, uh, he and his wife, Margaret's gravestone heads, have disappeared from the New Bethlehem. And I saw a picture of this that they, they were just cut off. Who would do that? Oh, dude. I used to take the chain gang out to different cemeteries and fix headstones that kids would cut kick over. I don't, I don't understand why you'd do that. Like, I was an asshole kid, but I never did anything like that. Yeah, no, I never fucked with them either. So they're wondering if the, the, the headstones were taken as as a piece of history or if they were just taken because they're asshole kids. I I remember there was this uh, cemetery by my house, and when I would want to get away, actually, it, was, it happened like two or three times. 
it was raining, and I wanted to go drink. <laughs> what? I was like, yeah, I was like, there's too many people at the house. I'm like, I get away from here. I'm like, I need a place to go, like, chill. And so I, so I literally went up the street and, like, I drink a couple of beers and I got out and I, I cleaned off all the gravestones. So were the old German, like, you can't read them; they're all in German. I cleaned them all off. Call me weird, but that's what I did. Okay. As long as you didn't ruin them. It was good. actually, I was trying to get away from my mother-in-law because <laughs> she was at the house and she was bothering me. And I was like, I gotta get out of here. I am shocked to hear that. Sure, not the first guy. No. So, uh, I know there's more to this story than I found. Uh, the horror novel was written by James Washelow, uh, Appalachian Shambo's Tavern, and a short film by the same name. I'm going to link both of them below. <clears throat> but that is that, dude. And I just found it real interesting because it's so close to us. So close, but yet so far away. Um, I am sure that I've seen this house. I've seen pictures of it. I, I'm sure that I've actually seen the house. I think when I was when I was had the chain gang up there working, I think the park ranger who I was helping, who I was working with, showed me the place. Well, now I'm surprised that they don't do like tours of it or have. Well, someone it's privately owned. It's private property. Hmm. But still, yeah. I rent that thing like a fucking mule. Like a government mule. Did I say that right? No. Yeah. You know what I mean, though. You'd beat it like a rented mule. Like it owe me money. So, that is Shambo's Tavern. Shamma. 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 I I thought it was fucking pretty interesting. Uh, Maybe we didn't do it justice. I don't know how you can. But it's not without that much information on it. But there there it is. So uh, check out the book. Check out the movie if you can find it. I don't know where the movie's at. It's basically just just a it's folklore. If I can find where the movie's at, I'm going to link that on here too. Uh, Give this guy props because uh, I definitely am checking this movie out when I get home tonight. That's a piece of Burke's Schuylkill County history that many people don't know. I didn't know about it. Deb did because she did the, the yeah, interview with the you guy. You like a, a fucking stone throw away from it. Yeah, four miles. Probably four well, miles you, you, you live a couple specters away. What is it? Uh, Hectors? <laughs> the purchase. Purchase. <laughs> You're about 276 purchase away. <laughs> and I'm 300 stone. <laughs> so, we took on Shambo's Tavern. Now, you go take on the world. Shaman. Shamus? One sham at a time. Our podcasts exist because of listeners like you. To find other great shows, head over to the den.show. Thanks for listening. Hold on, stop. Welcome back to the shit show 2.0. Okay, boomer. Damn millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flirters who who are obviously mentally ill. You wanna be my wife? Oh, this is gonna go downhill real quick. <laughs>